Hey guys, welcome back. BDC Care here. We're back with Season 9, Episode 2 of our weekly Q&A videos. And just to landmark this in time, I guess, we're right in that, that sweet spot right in between Christmas vacation and New Year's. So there's a lot of, there's very little traffic on the streets, mm -hmm. uh, I guess even during non-pandemic times. And there's not a lot going on. It's pretty relaxing because we don't have the same responsibilities as we would at other times during the year. Yeah. And we're coming to you from new hardware because you kind of, it's, it's a Christmas present to yourself. It is. So what's crazy. Okay. So this is something that I think nobody listening to will notice the same way, but it is deathly quiet in here. Like it hasn't been in ages and it's not nearly as baking hot <laughs> as it is. Cause all right. So the setup is we do this in uh, a den. And two things. One is I've covered the vent for the radiator. So it's it's on the upper floor. Heat rises. This room tends to run a little hot. It doesn't mm -hmm. right now. And I got upgraded or changed the computer for the first time in 11 years. Yeah. Which is the, the computer that we run it on. And it usually has to have the fan running on all the time. And it's hitting temperature temperatures like 80, 90 degrees when it's running a full load. Yeah. Now, Celsius. Yeah. So keep in mind, that's like a, a, a really old CPU. Mm -hmm. Fans are churning out. And for the longest time, you would, you, if you'd watch some of our old episodes, I think you can hear it in the background running yeah. before we started doing the minor tweaks that you can with Audacity, where you take that background noise of the fan running and use that to, uh, do noise suppression. Right. Yeah. So very befitting of a gaming YouTube channel, uh, it was, it got a little sweaty in here. <laughs> uh, like and, real sports. And now, um, and now we're significantly more comfortable. Uh, yeah. And, and I, it's a more peaceful environment. I, so expect our content to either get better or worse. I don't know, change. It's got maybe got a little bit of an extra stink on it now. I'm, I'm really excited because this is the first time filming one of these videos on this computer. And it is just such another experience. Instead of, I remember there was one point. Before I was using that laptop, mm -hmm. a newer laptop to try to do something a little faster, that it would take like an hour to transcode one of these videos. And then it would take a bunch of time to upload and then wait for YouTube to approve. YouTube's approving our videos faster. But this is, I, I, I'm just excited just the, at the possibility that this is going to be running like two or three times faster. Yes, yeah, so our, our workflow other. has gotten a little better, so there, there's going to be more vim and vigor in our voices. <laughs> at least for today, yeah. while the novelty is still fresh. So there we go. Yeah. Uh, and now past that part, which I'm sure very few people cared about, uh, on to the actual questions, which each one at least one person will care about because we're directly responding to them, hopefully. Um, so the first one comes from Sonic Nicholas, 1995, and they say, were you always a cat person or did you always like dogs more? And I'm assuming this is in reference to our cat, right? right? That we now have, um, for more than a year, just over a year. It's been a year and three months, year yeah. and three months, you're year, year almost four months. Yeah. About a year and a semester because we there you go. got the cat right at the beginning of my, uh, first semester and it's the end of my first semester of uh, of the next year right so um yeah you do, do you have i'm a, not an animal per i'm not yeah. an animal person at all we grew up with no animals and it, with the exception of fish and i guess it depends on whether you consider fish animals i mean you know carnivores yeah. don't consider fish animals you can still be a, a pescatarian like a, a yeah. veg is it 
like that sort of in between vegetarian and and what meatitarian? No, carnivore, right? Omnivore. Nobody. Omnivore. There's very few carnivores who I only guess so. eat meat. But there's a word for it, right? Like somebody, like you don't call. It's not an animal that only eats. It's an herbivore, not a vegetarian, right? Yeah. So when you choose to eat meat, what's the term for that? I don't know. Meat there is eater. A, a meat eater, I guess. I, okay. It, it's pretty close to default, I think, because most people are omnivores. Right. Most people okay. eat whatever they have access to. So fish are not what most people consider animal pets. They're not that interactive. Even I mean, I would argue with you though, because I think a, a decent number of people have pets. Uh, have fish as pets and i think everybody considers them animals i, guess I think so. some people are just okay with eating them it's not like they're like they think this is like a separate they're, category of thing it's like there's vegetables fungi and fish yeah. and none of those are I, animals i guess i'm looking for the right word or the category because i know that people consider fish a different type of when people say hey are you an animal what kind of animal person are you they're in their in minds when they're categorizing they're not including fish they're not like house pets the same way they're pets that you can have inside your house, but they're not like, they're yeah. not like, I don't know. Well, and, but you don't, you don't interact with them, right? It's kind like, of, they, it's like, I don't even know if it's that either. Cause you can interact with them. There's some fish that like to be like pet or held even. What? Yeah. You stick your fingers in and they, oh, yeah. they sort of settle in your, your fingers in the water, like a little enclosure. Okay. That's, um, um, there's, that's, that's apparently okay. actually a thing. So, so I think what it is, is that they're not like free roam house pets, right? Because if somebody's like, what kind of animal person are you? And you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, I like but, guinea pigs. But I wasn't even really a fish person. Yeah. I mean, so. You just had fish. When we were, when we, when I was young, that was the only pet we'd had once. It didn't go very well. I yeah. think a lot of the fish ended up dying and it was a short term kind of thing. And then when you were really, before you were born. Yeah. We had a fish tank and it was interesting because it wasn't so much a pet thing as it was like an ecosystem thing. So yeah. I had, there were live plants the live plants were fertilized with the fish poop. The fish were live breeders. So you didn't have to do it. They used to sell a bunch of equipment to let you protect all the, the baby fish from getting eaten by the other fish. Yeah. Didn't need it because there's so many places to hide that the baby fish could just hide. Yeah. They get bigger. They would breed and it would be sort of self-sustaining. And then at one point, when you were very little, one of the tubes for the filter system leaked a little bit. And at that point, I thought, you know what? The risk of like a catastrophic kind of water accident yeah just didn't seem worth it because that leak we just shut it down instead of trying to diagnose it and replace the equipment and stuff we thought that was the time to stop it and we just did and it has mm. been like that for years until this cat appeared and i think people would make the argument then that i'm a cat person but i'm not really a cat person i i say i'm not really a cat. you're person. a one cat person i, I like our cat that's yeah. it really like does it you know well, you'll you'll enjoy your sort of time with animals that other people have if they're like nice when you show up. Yeah, I you know I, like I guess, you like our neighbor's cat. I I'm indiscriminate. I mean, animals are neat as long as they are not scary or offensive or smell like poop. Yeah, right. So if they don't do things that are offensive, I I'm an equal opportunity um, creature of the earth, whether it's people or animals or whatever. Yeah. What about you? So, I mean, I would say I'm, I'm mostly a dog person. Well, you're a dog uh, person. If I had to pick between the two, I would say I'm more of a dog person than a cat person. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, but it, I think a lot of that, it just comes from, uh, the fact that for with most dogs, uh, or I get, it's easier to have a more sort of loving relationship with a dog. Mm. Uh, and the threshold is different because we've got a pretty, 
chill, sweet cat, right? Right, right, right. Uh, but, you know, cats like their independence, whatever else. With a dog, it's really easy to be real tight with a dog. They're just excited, and they want to play a lot all the time. Right. And, you know, uh, I think we're lucky with the cat that we got. But out of the two, I think on average, I'm going to like a dog more than a cat, right? Mm. Uh, and there's obviously individual variation, right? right? Where I like my specific cat more. There's a lot of overlap. But in general, on on average, I think dogs have a leg up over cats, in my opinion. Right, right. But then, again, there's also a lot of dogs that are really... Maybe even a little too much. If you're just out for a walk, right? You know those dogs that really want to jump on you and ram into you? Right. Um, the really needy ones. Or not even needy necessarily, just excited. I think there are some dogs that are really excitable and they like people. And so when you see them, you're not seeing sort of their their average behavior. You're seeing the slice of life where they're out they're with their person, right. uh, they're doing something that they really like, right. and then they're meeting new people, which is exciting for them. So you're sort of seeing them at their... You're seeing their fun time version. Yeah, you're, you're seeing them at sort of their highest energy, right? Right, right? Instead of just on average taking them, you know, home and living with them and feeding them and everything. So I think that's um, that's how I feel about animals. There was one time I went on a walk a couple months ago, there was this massive dog, one of the biggest... Um, dogs i've seen in person mm-hmm. and i know dogs can get pretty big but it was genuinely like i don't know the size of like a tween you know on all fours <laughs> or something like the size of somebody Wait. who was like you know in the middle of puberty not like a full-size human but but just like bent over there. on yeah. all fours instead of standing up okay. yeah but like right. like getting there getting like fully like smaller person right. size right um and they were super excited um to see people on the walk but they did this sort of figure eight maneuver mm. um they're they're running back and forth in between uh their their person and me and what was striking to me about it was that they really wanted to hang out and check me out and they were very clearly super super excited but they weren't jumping up or anything and they weren't even really bumping into me they were getting really close and just running beside me in the figure eight and just like brushing up close to me and so sometimes they'd brush me a little bit but they weren't like you know sort of pressing up they weren't getting in my space at all they were very respectful about it so they were super excited they were freaking out they're like oh i want to check this out i want to go back over to you know uh the person i'm walking with i want to go over i want to go over but never you know to the point where they were doing anything that would bug me right right right, which uh which struck me as very sort of well behaved or just you know that that's sort of the ideal response when you see the dog really excited because i could tell it was like really sort of hyper right it was Mm. it was really running around it was going oh oh, oh," and you know tail going head darting around but it was not bumping me at all it was almost like very purposefully getting as close as possible without bumping me. And then I go, like, okay, okay, I'm going to keep But not going. in a bad way. Not like when you're sitting in the back seat with a sibling and you're sticking your hand in their space, but without touching them. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching yeah, you. Yeah, not like when, not, of- or not when somebody like acts like they're going to punch you and then pulls it last minute and they go, oh, you flinched. <laughs> Psych. That's a, that's a real dick move. <laughs> well, it's, there's some stuff that you do. Uh, or that like children do that's yeah. some people do test boundaries yeah it's it's very hard to see what uh the lesson is supposed to be <laughs> what you're supposed to take away from the fact that you would flinch if you thought you're about to be punched because yeah. it, it really feels like that's what you're supposed to do because maybe that person is not gonna actually punch you maybe they got really they're badly coordinated and even if their intention is not to punch you they might do it by accident well, yeah if, if it feels like you're about to get punched <laughs> you sort of have two options and one is to only two 
two main options. I'm guessing there's in the, at least in three. the moment. If somebody, if you, if there's a punch coming to your face, yeah. and you don't really have time to do anything, any sort of big move, throw your yeah. arm up for it, or even you know, if you that's do, a move, but that's an option. I get that. So, so defensive, you block it. I was talking at a really high level, which is you can either treat it like they're not going to punch you. Oh, I get it. And okay. not respond. All right. Or you can treat it like maybe this person's about to punch me and you can respond appropriately. Okay. So if you flinch or put your arms up, right? right uh, I would rather flinch when I'm about to maybe get punched. Uh, and not then, when you <laughs> then to not get flinch punched. and I don't want to get like, <laughs> smacked in my open eye to uh, prove what? That I don't have reflexes? Like, yeah. I, I feel good. like I feel like um, not reacting at all to almost getting punched yeah. uh, is more likely to reflect um, either really strong sort of training and conditioning or right. some uh, like nodcom thing, like a slow so, reaction time or something else or like a lack of threat assessment. It doesn't feel like so, it's actually a response that I would want. Is that okay? So I wonder if the ideal response is not quite that, but that. You're supposed to your your ability to process things is so good and so fast, yeah. and your motor control is so good that you'll recognize the difference between contact and not contact at the last minute, and only react if there's going to be real contact. But you only have so much time. I know, but that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like that supernatural kind of uh, quick response time, right? You know how I see. It was always interesting to me how that when they do those. You know, track and field events. Yeah. And they have a starter's gun. Mm-hmm. That something less than a certain amount, not even that they go before the gun, but they go too soon after the gun, yeah. that it doesn't count. Because somehow they've done a calculation physiologically. It's impossible yeah. to react that quickly from the sound in your ear mm-hmm. to your brain to firing the muscles to go. Yeah. And that if you go faster than that, or what's considered the limit of human possibility, it's that even though you didn't quite go before the gun... You started going before the gun, and you anticipated in your so brain. Could... You went before the gun, right? You, you went before you had processed the gun, right? Right? Yeah. Right? No, but so, anyways, that's. <laughs> I don't even know how we got there, but that's not a uh... excited dogs. Yeah, if somebody's trying to punch you, or somebody's trying to fake you out with a punch, and you flinch, I just don't understand exactly. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why that's supposed to reflect poorly on me. I you know. know? Right. <laughs> I feel like if it says something about anybody, it says a lot more about the person who uh, thought it would be funny to almost pretend punch you, to almost punch you for fun, and then yeah. like mock you for oh. acting like and and you know you where they pretend it was a joke if they hit you anyways. Yeah. Like they did, and they just oh ha ha ha, yeah. that was a slip accident, but you got hit anyways. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, just, I'm not saying that I'm above above it. I'm sure I did that kind of you know random crap too when i was a kid right i'm sure there was a lot of stuff i did that didn't make a lot of sense i just never really understood that thing in particular uh because right. it it just doesn't <laughs> yeah yeah it doesn't really hold up to much scrutiny which i guess a lot of things that children do don't i maybe i'm <laughs> overanalyzing because there's a lot of things i'm sure almost everybody has a story yeah. of something you did as a kid and then afterwards going that could have gone bad or maybe it did go bad yeah. and there was really no best case scenario the best case scenario <laughs> is that nothing happened and there was a lot of worst case and bad scenarios yeah 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 um anyways oh this is an interesting comment it's like a meme yeah i <laughs> so you pull you pull a lot of the questions. You pulled this well, question. So how I normally do this is I look through the comments sometimes. I'll copy and paste and put it into a document. And then as we go through them, 
some uh, there's something that occurred to me at the time that I did it. Yeah. That thought, I thought this would be something common. I think. All right. So why don't you read it, and then I think I'll, I'll try to imagine what past me was thinking when he was considering what future me would like to say about this. Yeah, because I I have no clue what you're trying to you're trying to say about this, and more than that, I asked you, and then we forgot and got on something else, and then yes. we didn't talk about yes. it. So um, Maria Morante says um, it's it's Fortnite. I'm the best game. Minecraft. Ha! I'm clearly the best game. And then Injustice Mobile. Amateurs. <laughs> so what's interesting to me is that what you've got here is a setup is supposed to be, I guess, that, you know, it's like the v- version of hold my beer, right? Like it's yeah. just, it, it escalates and this is just like blows them out of the water. Yeah. And the, the audience for both Fortnite and Minecraft, I believe, would be orders of magnitude. So if you don't know the term orders of magnitude is, um, like at least 10 times bigger. So yeah. that's one order of magnitude. A hundred is two orders of magnitude. A mm-hmm. thousand is three orders of magnitude. So I think this... It's just adding a zero to the end of something. Basically. Yeah, so it's an order of magnitude is like ex- exponentially increased at 10 to the power of mm-hmm. whatever. And I think what's interesting to me is, if anything... We're only two orders of magnitude away from two million subscribers. So <laughs> if that means anything to you. Um, so Injustice Mobile is a really great game. Yeah. But... Clearly, I think people, most people don't recognize it as such and have, if you vote by just the number of people playing or the number of videos that people watch or the number of views on videos you watch, yeah. that Fortnite and Minecraft are just way more popular. Yeah. But Injustice is a ridiculously good game for something that hasn't had really much in the way of content updates for years. Mm. And we've talked about it before and it makes me sort of want to look back and see if our ideas have changed because it feels like um, it's it's actually held up really well, and in my mind, it's because of three things. One, it's a collecting game, mm-hmm. so that's part of the drive. Why the the updates matter because they introduce new content. But even without the updates, we're still on our un uh, corrupted account, our un sort of molested, like played naturally account. Yeah. We're still Valorium Alloy away from maxing out all of the medals. Yeah. So there's still a lot of potential for collection. But it's also an interesting fighting game where there's some strategy. Considering it's a mobile game where the controls are really limited, it involves way more pre-game and in-game strategy than I would have expected. Yeah. And the... What was the last thing I was going to say? I, th- I thought there were three things. Yeah, you um, did say three. Why it's so good. Why is it good? Those are the two things that came to mind, but there's one other one. Oh, the, the interactive part. So there is an element where you're playing online, you're interacting out with other people. Because of the limitations of how the game is played, and because of how much it relies on uh, connectivity, it would be impossible to play in real time because of the lag involved in a fighting game where the response time is so important. Yeah. So what they've done is, with you fighting other teams, but controlled by AI, you still get a sort of feeling that you're interacting with other people, at least other people's plans, yeah. even if you don't get to interact with other people at the time that you're playing. And those three elements, I think, aren't that common in, in at least I haven't seen it in mobile games, at least not enough to draw me. And I guess the fourth thing is, it really leverages the nostalgia that I have for all the different characters, the DC properties, yeah. so that it makes the collecting and the fighting that much more fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, I mean, I, I like people that are still passionate about the game. It's interesting, because I, you know, I never really played Fortnite, but I played a lot of Minecraft, uh, and so I think there's a lot of people like comparing stuff a lot. And I think mm-hmm. 
Um, it's video games are hard. It's hard to compare um, art, and it's hard to compare content when so much of your experience with it is subjective, right? Right. Because, um, like, is Minecraft a better game than Injustice? It. I mean, I think most people would say yes. Yeah. Uh, and and I think one of the things about video games specifically um, that can be different than a lot of other pieces of media specifically a lot of pieces of media um they you there's sort of one time when you first experience it and then you experience it in the future uh and maybe you can come at it from different angles different ways uh the way that you interpret the piece of media changes but the piece of media normally doesn't change itself at all you sort of uh, you come to it as a different person, and as a right. different person, you have a different type of experience with it. Video right. games is one of those things where um, you can have a different experience with it, sort of on an ongoing basis, a different experience with it um, by necessity as you progress through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also sort of things like picking classes or, you know, an injustice, picking characters and combinations and stuff, right. where you constantly have... Um, opportunities to experience things one way or another way and i think that's pretty unique to video games uh Mm -hmm. and what that means is that i think there's a much wider range of subjective experiences uh that somebody can have with a video game than uh a different piece of art because you get most of the same uh sort of opportunities for differences being a different kind of person coming back to it later and having you know more experience or whatever else but then within that you have all these little you know choices or um, differences that are sort of built into it. It's mm-hmm. not like it's like if everybody saw, you know, color a little differently, uh, verifiably, right? Like if everybody had a, a was a, like a little more or less like colorblind or whatever else, you know, people would necessarily experience paintings a different way or right. visual media. Right. But video games, that's a lot more. So, you know, oftentimes you know a what a bad game is when you play it, and you can say this is bad. This choice was not fun. You know whatever else and so it's easy in the really broad strokes to compare stuff and i think if you got right down to it um you know there'd probably be a lot more stuff to pick apart in a game like injustice uh than you know like a a bigger more finely tuned experience like minecraft right yeah i I think i I think a lot of stuff you're saying is absolutely true but it, it 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 sort of it goes past the point of when you compare things that are different that are really only broadly the same as one category, yeah. the, the easiest way is just popularity. Yeah. But popularity doesn't mean a lot. You know, I would argue that popularity is a pretty shoddy um, indicator of quality. I would think that sometimes it can be, but there's... Um... But if we're talking about something where the point of it, the, the ultimate point of it is yeah. to entertain you... Mm-hmm. So the more people it entertains for a longer period of time, doesn't that, it's like, what was that, the, you know, Paul Blart Mall Cop is the best movie ever. What was that yeah, video? Yeah, the, the, the Hey Ash, Watch Your Plane video, um, where they, it was the Hey Ash, Watch Your Plane video on Gone Home, and they're talking, and um, one of them says, you know, it was short, uh, games need to be long, uh, and they're like, well, you know, so you're saying if a game is twice as long, it's twice as good. And he's like, yeah, that's basically exactly what I'm saying. It's like, and they're like, well, that's like saying that Paul Blart Mall Cop is better than, you know, Citizen Kane. And they're like, no, that's like saying watching Paul Blart Mall Cop three times in a row is better than Citizen Kane and Casablanca and whatever put together. Um, and they're like, I love that movie. Um, but yeah, so. Okay, so the point I want to make mm-hmm. though is it's an easy 
joke to make. Yeah. But I'll put it to you that it, it only seems silly because they're taking one axis and ignoring all the other others. So I think definitely, absolutely, the more time that's put in, but there's also how much you enjoy it while you're putting it in. Mm-hmm. That if you look at them both together, yeah. if you're not watching just because you have to happen to have it on and you're watching something because you're really actively enjoying each time, yeah. then that is the, the amount of time that you want to spend with it is one of the axes mm-hmm. that help you decide, hey, is this better than something else? Yeah, but I think popularity, how much time you spend with it, all that other stuff, it, I find it really challenging to say that those are fair ways to rate games. I think on average, stuff that's really popular might be better, but there's a lot of other factors. Like right now, there's a huge thing with um, YouTubers and streamers. So playing short games that make entertaining video content, um, you know, those games can be hugely popular, right? A big gaming YouTuber playing a game uh, and then what will often happen is a you know one person will play it, and then a bunch of other people will pick up and also make videos on it, and then it'll spread out through that way, and it'll hit this huge audience. Millions of people will see you know the videos on it, and then a certain proportion of those people buy it, mm-hmm. right? And maybe the collective time spent on it. But then you know you can't re- time spent um, versus enjoyment, and even versus thinking about it mm-hmm. is hard to say too, because you know. One of my favorite games of all time, I literally just recommended this to somebody today, is Her Story, right? Oh, I was, yeah. Um, And so I didn't spend a lot of time with it, but I spent a lot of time thinking about it since I've done it. But, you know, even all that into consideration, you know, you take other games that I've really liked and that I've been able to spend a lot of time with, you know, like XCOM 2, Mm -hmm. right? And is XCOM 2 a better game than Her Story? Because I've spent more time, just because it's a longer game, so by beating it, I've spent a lot more time playing it, probably, than I've thought playing and thinking about Her Story. And XCOM oh. 2 is definitely way more popular than Her Story. Well, it's a different axis, though, right? Like, it's a different axis, and I think the scale is different, too. So let's say you have two games that are both similarly engaging. Yeah. Two games that were just like Her Story, but one lasted longer. Yeah. That's one axis. Is it better, and- though? If if it engages you for a longer period of time, I think so. As long as it's the same game, because then the the in terms of playability, in terms of the aesthetic, that's different. There's different axes there, right? Yeah. So two games with the same aesthetic, with the same enjoyment, the same kind of play, gameplay, then one has more hours of play ability and play enjoyment. I think that, yeah, it does. I don't even know if I agree with that, because I think that really matters for your audience and for, you know, what the type of game... So if you're saying if the average amount of enjoyment is the same, like if your average rating out of 10, if you would, if you were to do a sample where you rated every 10 minutes how much you liked it out of 10, if it averaged out to the same, the longer one is always better. Well, not always. I think there's a point where it's it's not like a, a, a constant line where it just keeps on going up and up and up. I think there's probably like a, like a peak where beyond a certain point, where you have to keep on playing it to the detriment of your hygiene and your health, I think that makes it bad. But, uh, but you don't a have point, to keep on playing it. That's like an individualist use scenario. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. So I think that there is probably a number where it actually gets to be bad. So there's a peak, like something really short that you can enjoy for a, a lot, but it only lasts for 10 minutes. Yeah. Compared to something that you can enjoy for a lot that lasts for 50 hours. 
Yeah. I think there's there's probably a fair comparison somewhere there. I don't even know if that's an objective measure of anything, though, because some, some people have less time, and so a game that's sh- shorter is going to necessarily have... Oh, yeah, no, no, th- so that gets to the point that quality. I... Yeah, that, that gets exactly the point that then, because your your audience is so fractured, people are looking dip- for different things out of it. Yeah. So for me, Injustice is perfect. It hits my sweet spot because yeah. if I have 15 minutes, I can do a Phantom Zone Crystal. Mm-hmm. Exactly like that. So there, yeah... Anyways, it's it's interesting because it's sort of they made it really that video is really funny mm-hmm. and yeah. it's ridiculous the point that's being made but I think there's like a nugget a kernel of truth in it mm-hmm. and I guess the point overall point why I wanted to add Maria's uh, comment was it is funny to me that that somebody could be as loyal to injustice when all other kind of measures. And the average person who plays video games, if you ask them, mm-hmm. it would be flipped the other way around. Yeah. Um, speaking of all this stuff, there's a really interesting... I'm going to do a quick recommendation. Uh, he's not uh, exactly as family-friendly as we are. There's more profanity and stuff in his content. But uh, I've been reading a lot of articles by uh, Doc Burford mm-hmm. uh, recently, who is a game designer and uh games journalist writer on games mm-hmm. i don't i don't know exactly what his you'd call him um in terms of jobs but he's he's a game designer and developer for one thing um and he had a really interesting perspective about like best games mm-hmm. um which is and i'm gonna sort of butcher it uh but you can look him up on medium uh uh doc burford and then doc squiddy i think on twitter mm-hmm. um which is that if you look at um if you were out in sort of a place uh, and you asked a bunch of people who played video games mm-hmm. uh, what their favorite video game was, uh, what their or even what their best the best game of the year was. You get a huge, huge variety of different answers. Right. You know, some people only would play puzzle games. Some people would play you know almost exclusively mobile games, like you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you'd get people who like only whose favorite games were like certain genres, and they always their favorite game of every year mm-hmm. since the beginning of time would be you know, some, like, Japanese visual novel, right? Mm. Uh, or whatever else. And then he says, and if you look at the lists um, that websites, and even when each creator is able to do their own sort of list on a website, yeah. uh, those lists are almost always really homogenous and with a huge degree of overlap. And it was it's, has to do with, you know, what uh, is asked of games journalists you know what Mm. they have to do the games that they have to play as part of their job to get clicked Mm. but it's also to do with the personalities of the people who are more likely to have connections and get hired Mm. and whatever and um that whole sort of idea of games journalism as uh being a little bit of a a cultural monolith right where there's not as much diversity Mm. within it as as with a lot of sort of the gaming industry right it's a lot of white dudes yes um but so i think that's something really interesting when we're considering like you know popularity as a metric of quality is that there's going to be a huge amount of individual variation Mm. in what people like and that's sort of what we've been talking about here right is that there's a lot of what makes a game good or bad to different people is so totally different in a way that i don't even think i could um properly encapsulate for like a single person uh, exactly what goes into making games good or bad for them Mm. right um, but, uh, you know, 
Doc Burford has a lot of sort of really interesting mm-hmm. takes on stuff, and I would highly recommend his stuff because it it feels in a lot of ways like the conversation we had is like a worse version of something you read in one <laughs> uh-huh. of his articles. Okay. Uh, so if if this conversation wasn't interesting to you at all, maybe read him still. You might still enjoy him, but if it was, then definitely he's somebody so, to check out. N- now do you see why I included Maria's comment? Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting thing. It's and it, it it's a little bit more than what we've discussed before about the same kind of points about injustice yeah. and why we're still sticking with it after all these years. But part of it really is that I don't think there's anything else that we're qualified to do to comment on the same way. Yeah, injustice isn't even close to my favorite game. It's just you know yeah. the only one that uh, I was able to successfully make YouTube well, content about. I, I'd say it's the only one where we have a significant overlap. That's in terms true. of our interest. That's true. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, we could have made Pokemon games when I was younger. Yes. Or Pokemon videos, sorry. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's, I think, probably a decent point to stop. We do have more questions, but we, uh, we've we taken up our, our half hour and a bit slot. Yeah. Uh, so to finish up here, uh, we'd like to say some some words to some folks. First off, a shout out to Eliza Varanas, Katen, uh, something something Borat, Borat. reference. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this shout out was brought to you by uh, Satya Bar- Baron Cohen, uh, okay. creator of Borat. Was it really? Is he sponsoring no, us? No, he's not sponsoring us. Has he made contact? He should give us money. I don't know why. <laughs> I just feel like he should. Because we're giving him exposure. We're paying him with yeah. exposure. We're making him more popular in this small yeah, I niche think- of... I think gaming. we're bringing a lot of new eyeballs to his content. I don't think uh, I don't think enough people know about Borat. <laughs> um, and we'd also like to give a huge thank you to all the lovely folks who support us on Patreon. That would be Victor Gomez, Consul Peasant, and Ed Wound at the top tier. Last word, Cinemac and Mohammed Al Shady at the Your Message Here tier. Sean Farrell, Daniel Simonson, Aaron Mall, Michael DeVries, Brandon C. Irvin Ruiz and Eddie Dew at the credited level. And Chris Wolf, Scarlet Danny, Awesome Gamer 2 for 1, Pabu RS, Gavin Malot, and Isfar E at the Gratitude level. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Komoda. Komoda.